0: Nyata, hello. It's Alison here, and I'm the pastor at Sanctuary, and we're based on Piquan Country in Warrnambool. This Advent, we've been looking ahead to how the coming of Jesus is described in the Gospel according to Matthew. Like a thief in the night, like an arsonist, and nothing like a Messiah. This week, to Joseph's terrible shock and shame, we hear that Jesus is coming like a scandal. He is already growing in Mary's womb. And Joseph isn't the biological father. You'll find the full text in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Well, he thought that he could do it quietly. Provide money for an abortion and never see her again. Or book the distant clinic. Send her to the asylum. Lock her in a nunnery. Whatever. No need to make a big fuss. He's a righteous man. He knows the law and he knows his rights. He knows he could call for an inquiry and have the betrothal publicly annulled, the woman stoned. He knows the first stone should be thrown by her father. But he doesn't insist. Instead, he decides to do it quietly for her sake. Of course, quietly is as quietly does. She's been found to be pregnant by those who are looking and soon enough everyone will know. And righteous men won't marry soiled goods. There's no pension for single mums and there's no hiding. She faces destitution, prostitution and worse. For her family's honour has been shamed and she will always have a target on her back. If not her father, then her uncle or her brother will be quick to arrange an honour killing, anxious that their family name be restored. It's unfortunate, but it's the way things are and it's not really his concern. So he thought he could do it quietly. He thought he could avoid scandal. Dissolve the betrothal, forget it, move on. Find a good woman who knows how to keep her legs shut the decent wife, the fertile womb, the hard-working sons, his own vines and fig trees, all the rewards of conformity and obedience. Unhappily for him, God was involved, but he thought he could do it quietly, and he slept. It's easy to sleep It's easy to pretend that clean living is rewarded and that those who follow the rules are nearest God's heart. And Joseph knows the rules of marriage. He knows that a righteous man is entitled to a righteous woman, a virgin who will be faithful to him and him alone, and will bring only honor to his name. He knows that his own son should be the firstborn heir, and he knows the sad consequences of ending the betrothal. But it's easy to sleep, and it's easy to close one's eyes to the effects of one's actions, especially when those actions are deemed to be right by family, culture, society, and even the law. We all close our eyes from time to time, We all confuse faith with the appearance of clean living and morality and goodness. It's hardwired into us. We lull ourselves into thinking that we earn God's grace through right living, right speaking, right action. We think that being right is paramount, that goodness is rewarded. But it seems that God doesn't work like this. Instead, over and over in Scripture, We see God working through the chaos of human life to bring about salvation. Through the disastrous families in Genesis and all their lying and conniving and squabbling. Through Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba and other sexually compromised foreign wives. Through the rapists, the murderers, idolaters and fools who are the forefathers in Matthew's genealogy. God is at work in this mess. And sometimes, God creates it. Well, this is so offensive, and it's so terrifying, that the angel who shatters our slumber tends to say straight up, don't be afraid. Like the angel who visits Joseph. Don't be afraid, says the angel, and then proceeds to set out the unthinkable. Joseph must renounce his righteous man's privilege, his righteous man's honour and status and dignity, and take the pregnant young girl as his bride. He must align himself with her, protect her, and claim and protect the child growing in her womb. And this usurper of the inheritance, this illegitimately conceived son, must be named God saves, a phrase we now render as Jesus. What precisely does God save? Well, not Joseph's reputation, not his honour, not his status, not his dignity. But the story tells us this God saves people from their sin, including one particular young woman who is pregnant out of wedlock and facing disaster. It's just the next instalment of a very long story of God saving people. And maybe God saves Joseph in other ways. But this episode is so familiar and our culture is so relaxed about pregnancy that we can forget how shocking it is. Joseph has to overcome his sense of hurt, his suspicion of betrayal and his cultural contempt for a woman who mysteriously conceives outside marriage. He has to turn his back on deep-rooted concepts of goodness and purity and justice. He has to accept that his name will be dirt, his business will be affected, his mates will snigger behind his back. His well-ordered life is about to be turned upside down and in ways that he would never choose. No wonder he wants to dismiss her quietly. No wonder he wants to ignore the consequences of his righteous action. But God's plan of salvation is different. It requires Joseph to enter into a big, fat public scandal, and it turns Joseph's sense of righteousness completely on its head. For God calls Joseph to wake up. God demands that he opens his eyes to a deeper reality where love takes priority over obedience to God's law and scandal forms the womb of grace. Well, when Joseph wakes from his sleep, he does something very shameful, something very brave and something very foolish. He does exactly as the angel commanded him. And what was the result? The people call the child Emmanuel, God with us, and even his birth is a scandal. And maybe God saved Joseph from an addiction to holiness and a priggish self-righteousness and the violence which inevitably flows from that. This Advent, we've looked at the ways in which God comes to us. Like a thief in the night like an arsonist, like no Messiah ever known. And now we see God comes to us wrapped in scandal like a swaddling cloth, and the scandal only grows throughout his life. Conceived in shadows, adopted into the family, confusing his cousin, outraging the religious types, and horrifying the whole world with his humiliating, shameful death. Blessed is anyone who is not scandalized by me, says Jesus, because scandal is found wherever he is. Joseph didn't seek scandal. The scandal found him. But Joseph accepted it and entered into it and adopted it into the family. And Christ quite literally dwelled with him. And if we too want to encounter Christ, we better be ready for scandal. We better be ready to have all our cherished assumptions about right and wrong shaken up and turned inside out. We better be ready to share our lives with people who seem sinful, shameful, or defiled to us. All those people we'd sooner ignore. We better be ready to place other people's lives above our reputations, our rights, our sense of holiness and even the law. And we better be ready for mess because God doesn't choose purity and perfection to save people from their sins. Instead, God chooses locations of scandal and shame and transforms them into grace. Joseph, he woke up to this scandalous reality, and he encountered God. This Christmas, let us also wake up and be curious and unafraid, and let us move towards our own scandals and shadows, that we too might know the presence of Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel. Amen. There's always more to read on our website. That's sanctuarybaptist.org. This week I reflect on family Christmas and what Matthew's story of a family beyond messy has to offer us. Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. And if you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal. And you'll find the details for this on the website. And if you have contributed, thank you so much. It makes such a difference to us. This reflection was prepared on the lands of the Pekwaring people of the eastern Ma Nation. It's a land which was taken by force and has never been ceded. At a time when we usually expect summer heat, we're having a shocking winter blast with icy winds and driving rain. Yet the spring floods continue to recede leaving sour soil and boggy ground. I pay my respects to elders past and present. The peace of the land, earth, sea and sky be with us all. Amen.